sit comfortably with your back straight, head straight, eyes open, body relaxed. Ask yourself a simple question. What's the mind aware of happening right now? Ada anchor. Except whatever thoughts, feelings, perceptions, memories, visions that arise. As natural activities of the mind, products of causes and conditions. So don't try to push them away. Don't pursue them. Don't ignore them, but rather acknowledge them, recognize what they are, and let them go by anchoring yourself to the senses. And while you are at the senses, Free and easy, touch and go. Allow the mind to move freely among the senses. Take it easy. You don't have to notice every single thing that occurs, that is happening. Just allow the mind to pick up whatever it can. That's good enough. And whatever the mind is aware of, don't hold on to it. Touch and go.
instead of going out to the senses. The mind may naturally just stay at one place and allow the sense objects to come to its attention. If that happens automatically, then stay there. Stay at the place where you think or feel the mind is. And just ask, what's the mind aware of? What's the mind aware of? If you're not ready for that, don't worry. As long as you anchor yourself with the senses, whether you are staying in one place or going out to the senses, it's okay. Try to remain absolutely still. Train your mind to catch intentions, urges. Then you can liberate yourself from slavery to unconscious habits. If you're sleepy or drowsy, you have to do more directed awareness. Paying more attention to your posture more frequently. Back straight, head straight, eyes open, body relaxed. Instead of free and easy, touch and go, use point and shoot, hit and run. Open your eyes wider, look further into the distance, 
direct your attention to various sense objects. Focus on each one of them just for a while and then move on to the next. Don't stay on any single object. Your mind may then brighten up and be more alert for a while. And then drowsiness may set in again. So between your toes, try to find out how and when this drowsiness sets in. And the moment you notice that there's a slackening of energy in the mind, you have to inject more energy.
unpleasant, uncomfortable sensations, they increase intensity, and when they become more and more painful, the first thing you do is to watch the mind. How's the mind reacting? Remember, Ada anchor. Accept the pain for what it is as a natural activity of the body. Don't push it away. Don't grit your teeth and try to bear with it because that will aggravate the pain. Don't focus on it. Leave it in the background and be aware of other objects. At the same time, relax your mind and the body. Anchoring yourself to the senses is just a means to compose your mind. It's more important to pay attention to the subject. With a mind that is aware of what's happening with the senses, the mind that is reacting, that is responding, 
observe to see how the mind changes according to its object. A reaction could be something positive or negative or even neutral. be feeling happy and relieved when the mind encounters a pleasant object. Or the reaction could be negative in the sense of dislike or aversion when the mind encounters unpleasant objects. Or the reaction could be in the form of simple recognition recognizing that that's the sound of gibbons that's the sound of water We just want to observe how the mind changes, how it relates to the senses. The reaction could be more complicated in terms of memories, projections, visions and imagination. Whatever they are, remember to apply the Ada Anchor Principle. Accept them. Don't reject them. Don't follow them. Don't ignore them. Acknowledge them and let them go by coming back to the senses. By anchoring yourself with the senses.
as you observe how the subject relates to the objects, the three characteristics of existence may become apparent to you. Both subject and object are changing all the time. They are impermanent, unsatisfactory. And not self, because there is no one in control. You have a clearer glimpse of not-self. Incline your mind to see and understand costs and conditioning. Causes are present circumstances. For example, sensory triggers. You hear a sound and it triggers off a memory. Conditions are past experiences and perceptions. So the memory arose because there was a past experience that was thought in your memory. If you do not hear that sound, or if you did not have such an experience in the past, that memory would not have arisen. If you can see consciousness and conditioning, then you can know that the thought was not purposely evoked by you. It just arose because of these causes and conditions. There's no one there in the ultimate sense. There will probably be more opportunity for you to observe causing conditioning when you are not seated in a formal posture. But when you are outside walking or performing your chores in your daily activities, that's when more thoughts will be happening. You will see more comments judgments, 
memories, projections and planning for the future, And when these thoughts arise, remember not to identify them as mine or me or myself. Try to see and understand the cause and condition for the arising of these thoughts. And you can verify that they are actually impersonal constructions due to causes and conditions. Today also will be the last day for interviews and you'll be leaving tomorrow so you can have the chance to practice speaking meditation today. The Buddha said in the section on clear awareness that one should act with clear awareness when walking back and forth, when turning one's head, when looking forwards and turning the seat at the back, when stretching and bending your arms, when handling your clothes and utensils, when eating, chewing, tasting, drinking, defecating, and standing, Walking, sitting, and being silent, and when one is speaking. Speaking is also part of the practice of clear awareness. But it's very difficult. That's why we leave it until the last day. But I noticed that some of you have already done it. I don't know whether with mindfulness and clear awareness or not. To practice speaking meditation, first of all, ground yourself and clear yourself to your body, being aware of your body, your vocal cords, and what's going on in your mind the intentions in your mind. And remember to apply the bar test. Before you say anything, you have to make sure that it's beneficial, appropriate, relevant and realistic. You can practice mindful speaking at the dining hall area. while you're having a breakfast and lunch. Or at the former dining area 
where there are seats under the pulai trees overlooking Taiping Town. Basically, these are the two places where you can practice speaking meditation. Uh, please don't do that in the, in MPH and then here in BGS. And please confine your conversation to the Dhamma. Whatever you have heard in the Dhamma talks that you want to discuss with somebody else, or your own personal experience while you were practicing here. There are a few other factors to consider that can be used to supplement or complement the bar test. And this comes from a sutta in the Anguttara Nikaya, where the Buddha talked about well-spoken speech. He says, there are five factors, then speech is well-spoken speech. What is five? Again, I have created an acronym for you to remember easily. The acronym is BAT and TIPME. B-E-T, BAT. T-I-P, tip, and then M-E is me. B-E stands for benefit. That's the first bar test. The first B. Is it beneficial? And uh, T stands for timely. Is it timely? Is it the right time to speak those what you want to say? And that actually comes under A of the bar test. Is it appropriate? Is it timely in the sense of is it the right time? Is the person in the right mood? Is the person receptive? Will that person be receptive to what I'm going to tell him or her? And also the right expression. Then T-I-P, tip. T stands for truthful. Is it truthful? Is it factual? Uh, this also can come under the last R of the bar test. And uh, P stands for Politely. If you want to say something, particularly if you want to criticize someone or comment on someone's inappropriate behavior, you have to do it in a polite way. And finally, me stands for metta. You should do it with metta. Bet and tip me. Is it beneficial? Is it truthful? Is it timely? Is it 
said politely with metta. Right, so these are the five factors. And these five factors are there, then whatever is spoken is well-spoken speech. Remember these factors as well. And while you are listening to someone, don't give that person 100% of your attention. Keep about 40 to 60% of your attention on your own body. At the same time, you listen and try to understand what the other person is saying. The reason is so that you can learn to step back and be objective rather than trying to be judgmental on what the other person is saying. Most times, people don't listen to what the other party is talking, is saying. They really have an idea in their mind that they want to express. They don't listen properly, they just want to express their own opinion. Keep a watch on your mind. Put about 40 to 60% of your attention in your body, the rest of that on what the other person is saying. Listen in order to understand where the other person is coming from. Don't be in a hurry to impose your views and opinions. That can come later. And remember the factors of well-spoken speech. And while you're talking, try to do so slowly because you are still learning how to speak mindfully. Be slow in your conversation, don't be too hurried in wanting to express your views. Be patient, listen to what the other person has to say first. And also, be considerate if you are the one who is speaking. Don't speak so long that you don't give the other person to speak. So I hope that These few days of composing your mind and looking at your own minds will help you to start to practice speaking mindfully so that when you go back home, go back to your daily life, you will be able to put what you have learned here into practice, right? Rather than just wait for the next retreat. I wish you the best. See you at the interview time.